Hi guys, I'm Rylan and welcome to my podcast, Reunion, the show all about reuniting blasts from the past. In this episode, I'm going to be speaking to someone who I share a lot with, someone who burst onto the show be seen back in 2010 with an audition that immediately went viral around the world. She charmed audiences across the UK and won our hearts with her early appearances on The X Factor. I am, of course, talking about the gorgeous Cher Lloyd. Now, Cher's journey on The X Factor was a tough one. Her amazing performances were overshadowed by false claims made by the tabloids, her portrayal as a pantomime villain, and lack of care for someone who, at the time, was only 16 years old. We're going to unravel all of this in our chat, and I'll also be reuniting Cher with one of her fellow X Factor contestants, as well as someone who's been a core personality on that show throughout its glory years. This is The Reunion, brought to you by Sky Bingo, with Cher Lloyd. How are you, Coach? Hello, it's nice to see you. It's always lovely to see you. How are you? Good, good, busy. How are you? I'm not too bad, you know, getting on with it, as everyone keeps going on. Now, Cher, this is the part of the podcast where I would sit here and say where we first met. However, Mm -hmm. me and you... We've never physically been standing side by side together. No, we haven't. But I feel like we know each other anyway. And this is why I was so desperate to get you on Reunion because we've spoken for years. We've been through such similar experiences. I genuinely feel like I know you so well. I know. It's a bit crazy. I did see you once at the garage. Where? At the garage. At the garage? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just getting a bit of petrol. Getting a bit of petrol. I was Getting waiting. Yeah, I was waiting in the car. Oh, Cher. Cher, and then you should have made a scene. I just didn't want to, you know, cause a fuss or whatever. <laughs> didn't want to cause a drama on the forecourt. Didn't want you, to had, cause drama. you had blonde hair. Oh, now you are going back, all right? Look, listen, yeah. this is your reunion, not mine. Don't bring up the blonde hair. It was a long time ago. We're over it. <laughs> uh, Cher, it is so lovely to finally have a proper good chat with you because, like I said, you know, you you went through such a massive experience at such a young age, and we're going to get onto that in a moment. But first and foremost, I want to know, where are you in the world? Are you happy? Is everything good? I am in Malvern, my hometown. Hometown, girl. Yeah, do, do you know what? I think wherever in the world I've ever been, I've always ended up back home. I just think it's just in me just to it's... be home with family and, yeah, just always get called back to Malvern. <laughs> Malvern, girl. <laughs> How important? How important is home to you? Uh, I think it's... The one place that I think that I've I feel like I truly belong, and I've lived in so many places. I've lived in America and lived that life, and you know, lived in Essex for a bit with my husband, and yeah, just strong calling to come home. So we're doing it. Boy, she's a home girl. She's a home girl. She is a home girl. But Cher, you broke into everyone's life when you were. You were just 16, wasn't you? Yeah, just left school. You just left school. You were 16 years old and you decided, I'm going to go on The X Factor. But this wasn't your first attempt at getting on the show, was it? How would you know that? I know everything, (laughs) Cher. No, it wasn't. I tried when I was 14. 
And that um, was when they'd lowered the age, wasn't it? Yeah, and do you know what? Thank goodness I didn't get through. Because, mm. I mean, at 16, I don't think I was ready. I wasn't mature enough. Um, I don't think mentally it was uh, it was very challenging to deal with it at such mm. a young age. But yeah, tried when I was 14 with a Dolly Parton song and they didn't like me. Fine with a Dolly Parton song. Can't go <laughs> wrong, though. I mean, you say can't go wrong, didn't get through. But we'll talk about that another time. Do you know what I mean? It all works out in the end. But we are going to go back 11 years. We're going to go back to 2010. It's been 11 years, Cher. Can you believe it? A long it? time. Yeah. Really long time. And I just don't know where the year's gone, to be honest. It's all it just has gone. been a bit of a blur. So quick. So yeah, quick. an absolute blur. It really, really has. And like I said, I've been through the same experience that you've been through. And when I was on the show, I was 22. I think I turned 23 or 24 on the show. I can't, I can't really remember. And even then, I knew what I was doing, but I still felt quite young in the grand scheme of life. But to be on the show at 16, I remember on my year, we had Ella Henderson, who I'm still really, really good friends with now. And she was only 16 when she was on the show. And I was so protective of her because of her age. What was it like, like you said, leaving school, a normal life, doing this, doing that, going out with your mates, and then all of a sudden being put on one of the most watched shows on television and having that click of overnight fame? I just, I don't think anything can prepare you for it. And I I just had it in my head that pop stars, well, they just get on stage and they sing and everything is fantastic and they're happy all the time. They've got everything they ever wanted. And I just didn't realise what comes along with that. I just think I was just so naive and I just, yeah, I'd never been through having any sort of negativity towards my voice or me or in that way. All I can say that it felt like is that I'd been pushed onto like a stage and then all the lights came on, but I wasn't prepared. Like I was naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, ah. Um, but I think the hardest thing is you go from having a family and a support system to having nothing at all and it is it's really frightening and you have no control of anything that's about to happen it's scary it is it is really really scary and especially being that age as well and I'm glad you brought up family because I remember that and and similar to you as well you you did get quite a lot of negative press you got (laughs) negative comments at times I went through again a similar experience myself but one thing that people forget is that you're someone's daughter, you're someone's yeah. sister, you're someone's grandchild, you're someone's cousin, you're someone's friend. And it's not just you that has to go through it. Because at the end of the rainbow, shall we say, if you do well and if you work hard at it, you get something at the end. And luckily enough, you did. But yeah. during that process, you don't know. You don't know when you're going to be eliminated. You don't know what you're going to get out of it. And you don't know if you're going to go back to working in that shop quicker than you've left the shop. But people don't realize it's not just you. Your family have to go through this process as well. And they've got to sit there and listen to their daughter being spoken about, their sister being spoken about. How did your family deal with it? Uh, I, 
I have so many oh, different feelings towards that. I can't say that we were supported in the way that I wish that we were. Um, it was almost as if, well, you signed up for it. So what, what did you expect? Um, and I remember one of the live shows, just before one of the live shows, my uncle had died real suddenly. Um, and it was a shock to our family. He was in his early 30s, had oh, I'm sorry. had children, and it was horrific. And the way that that was dealt with, I just felt mortified that because I was on the show, it had to be plastered on every front page of every paper yeah. before I really knew about it. So it's just, really? all, yeah, just all of these different things that happened during the show. That so what, you didn't really understand, you didn't know what had happened? No, I, I, I didn't know the, the ins and outs of why it happened, what was the cause of it. I think my family had really tried to protect me at that time. But before mm. they had a chance to sit me down, because I was in London, before they had a chance to get me back to Malvern to sit me down and explain, it had already reached the newspapers. Oh, Sharon, I'm so sorry. So it's just like, it's, I think it's taken me a long time to, I don't know, find some sort of closure and mm. heal from those things that happened. But like you said, it's, it's everyone else that was on the show as well. It didn't just happen mm. to us. And like you said, not everyone got the pot of gold at the end and yeah, yeah I, I often think of people I met along the way and their process and how things turned out for them yeah absolutely and you know you just said it and we we knew what we were signing up for and when I say we knew what we were signing up for, we knew that we were signing up to go on the TV show. We knew that we were signing up to sing every Saturday night and mm -hmm. every Sunday night sit there and hope to God that we get to sing again the following week. And as much as you know people talk about you, as much as you know that there's press involved and, you know, maybe they might take a little photo of you in the, in the I don't know, walking down the street or something like that. That's all exciting at the beginning. That's all yeah. like, oh my God, people want to know who I am. Yeah. But one thing I found really quick is that that shine dims quite quickly. Quick. Especially when you're on a show like The X Factor, when the schedule, people genuinely just think that you're on telly for seven minutes on a Saturday night and an hour on Sunday night and that's it. They yeah. don't realise that Monday to Friday you're constantly on a schedule, whether that's routining, doing your dancing, whether that's vocal coaching, whether it's this event, that event. How did you find it at 16 years old, signing up to go on a TV show where you thought, I'm just going to sing on a Saturday night and mm -hmm. love it. I'm really interested as a fellow X Factor contestant to find out how you found the Monday to Friday. I found it extremely challenging. Mm. At, times, at times I'd get really angry. Because, angry. yeah, I felt angry because I'd go to a rehearsal and then I'd leave the studio and I'd be chased on my own, chased by a group of 20 to 25 men um, with cameras. And I just felt really vulnerable. So you were left on your own? 
Well, it was almost like there would, you know, there'd be a chaperone person for everyone as a group. Mm. Of course, like we were underage. But um, yeah, at times, you know, from walking to the studio to a car or whatever, you'd be alone. And that didn't stop the sheer amount of paparazzi that would wait outside of those studios. Yeah, and I just always remember knowing not to wear a skirt without shorts underneath. Yeah, at 16. At 16, yeah. That was, that was the, the way forward. I knew that that's okay, so this is going to happen. So how can I prevent... Did that happen to you at 16 years old? So did, many did that times. Happen? So many really? times. Yeah. It was brutal back then. It's not like how it, was, how it is now. No, I mean, now it's very, very different. I mean, I was only two years after you, so I was in that era as well, and I remember how it was. But to sit there and think, and I know since then, obviously, we've had the upskirt in Bill that's been passed where photographers aren't allowed to do that, which I think is, I can't even believe there needed to be a bill passed for for that to happen. I know. But we're talking about you, a 16-year-old girl, Mm -hmm. is having to wear shorts underneath your skirt because people are taking photos yeah you'd go to get in the car and the first thing they do is place the camera below yeah it happened all the time and I just I think I spent a lot of time just being very frustrated that I felt alone I felt like um at times the media would be quite harsh towards me because Mm. I think when you join a show like that, and I spoke about this before, and I think people start to realise when I say it, but the show picks its characters. Absolutely. So <laughs> Absolutely. you have you have the joke performer. You have the the lovely uh, female that is angelic and everyone loves. You have the bloke that's the underdog, and when he sings, it's amazing. But you know he mm-hmm. works as a builder. And then because you it's have a TV show. The TV show is a forget. reality show. It's a TV show. There are boxes yeah. to fill. There is a narrative to fill. Do you know what I was? I was the bratty teenager, most hated that everyone disliked. But was you? Oh, this is the thing. Was that I you s- what you were made out that you think you were made out to be? No, I, I, I can't say that. I was that person, but I fit the role. Mm. I fit that role because there were certain things that happened. Like there was a photograph that was taken of me in, um, you know, like the canteen area of the studio's canteen area. And I Mm -hmm. was making a cup of tea and I am very expressive when I talk. And I was waving around the spoon that I just stirred my tea with. And then the next day, I'm in the paper for burning a member of staff with the teaspoon. Are you joking? No. Oh, goodness. So how could I, how could I compete with that? How could I have made people hear me when I I couldn't let them hear me? I had no voice to let them hear me, except for Mm. singing on a Saturday night. And I let's couldn't. move to that Saturday night because you you did have a tough time on the show. And yeah. I'm speaking from someone 
with experience of a tough time on the show. As much as I don't regret going on the show at all, there were really, really tough times that make you think, what am I doing? Is it worth it? (laughs) Am I going to get this pot of gold that hopefully everyone's trying to get? But when it came down to the performances, Cher, I've got to say this, you were absolutely fantastic. And there was one performance that really, really stood out for me. And that was when you sung Shakespeare's Sister Stay. It was such a moment for me, actually, because I think as a viewer, as someone that was watching the show at the time, I think that was a point where everyone went, oh, she's not this, for want of a better term, swagger jagger girl. <laughs> she, she's actually a performer. She really, really sung that song. And it was so beautiful. How did you find that performance? Oh, I can't actually listen to it back because it makes me like stupidly emotional. <laughs> um, but I I do think it's probably the best performance I've ever given my whole career. Yeah. Just because I think um, it came from a place of just like just honesty. Yeah. I don't know. Like at the time, I think I was so tired and drained that it was almost like a release when I sang it. You were letting it all out. I was just letting everything out. And I think it it just showed. I think they couldn't have given me a better song. I think if there was the right song choice... That was it. Yeah, I was super happy. It was such a beautiful performance, yeah. It really, really was. And one of my favourite X Factor performances of all time. I thought it was such a gorgeous song. And you sung it so, so well. And I feel like... That, that was a bit of a turning point for you. It was almost like that you grew up slightly on the show because you sung yeah. that song. And then, again, from someone being in the competition, we know when you first join and you're lucky enough to get through to the live shows, it's sort of, you're singing this, you're wearing that, and this is that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, sure, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But there does come a point, doesn't there, Cher, throughout the competition where you sort of find your own voice And you aren't afraid no more of sitting there saying, actually, do you know what? No, I want to sing Spice Girls this week. I don't want to wear a Union Jack blazer. Yeah. No, you can't sing that. And you go, well, that's what I want to sing. That's what I want to do. And you, yeah, and you start finding your voice. And we started to see you really find your style. How did you find finding yourself on the show and showing the world? I think, do you know what? I think the age that I was played a big role in that because Mm. I've been everything. Like, I've done every style imaginable. Growing up, I used to change every week. I went to school for probably a solid month as a goth. As you do. You know, eyeliner down here. And then (laughs) the next month, I just was into raving, so everything would be neon. So I would change so much because I hadn't really found myself I didn't know who I was at all um I think I started to find myself a little bit when I was on the show but it was just it was great to have all of those things accessible because Mm. I wouldn't have had had I been at home and not gone on the show I didn't Mm. know money I didn't know that like I didn't come from a family that could just you know get an idea of an outfit in your head and you could just go and buy it I didn't come from that. 
So to walk into these places where they've got racks and racks of clothes and accessories and you could have your hair however you wanted it. Oh, I was just in my element. But what's funny is you can see that I wasn't quite sure what I was doing because some of the outfits are just... Oh, I I'll share that. Leave it out. We've all been there. <laughs> We've all been there. Oh. You know, when you get that like cold shiver and you think, oh, that cold shiver. I get that every time someone puts my name in on Google because I think, oh, the shame, the shame, the That's shame of I some feel. of the outfits. I feel like oh, that. See, we share the same feeling, share. But the difference was I was 24. I should have known better at that. <laughs> no, no. I still do it now, though. I still make mistakes so do I, now. Don't tell anyone it'll ruin my street cred, all right? <laughs> Just between us, just between us. <laughs> now, Cher, as you know, this whole podcast is the Rye Union. So I've got two questions that I want to ask you, and I want you to be really, really honest with me. So yes. the first question, I'm going to go quite easy on you. And okay. the first one is, which Rye Union would you love to have? Now, this can be anyone from your past, anyone you've worked with, anyone you've grown up with, who's the one reunion you'd love to have? Oh my goodness. It's a tough one. Okay, here it is. I would like to get all members of One Direction Go on. to sit down and discuss our time on X Factor. Well, I I mean, that could be episode 12 or 11 of Reunion. I can sort that out, Cher, if you want. But could you imagine it? I mean... I'm I'm, I'm here for it. I mean, if anything, I would just like to know, you know, what they're all up to and, you know, get them in a room together. And possibly... the thing? You know, new music? I don't know. Well, you you lived with the boys. You lived with the boys. Also, so you young. know the boys really, really well. So young. Again, similar oh, yeah. to you, young boys. Yeah. How did you get on with them? Really well. I think they are such genuinely nice people. Like mm. not one of them, you know, was ever any trouble or all good energy. And I think that's what made them so likeable. Um, and made mm. people want to get behind them and support them because you could tell they were mm. genuinely nice guys. So, yeah. yeah, and the success that they achieved was just like, oh, humongous. It's amazing to think that they, they came off of that show. I know. I mean, the biggest export, definitely, for yeah. the show and the show's history. And I, I agree with you. I've I've met the boys over the years and every single time... I've met any of them. They've mm. always been so decent, yeah. so down to earth, and such lovely boys. Were they like that when you lived in the house with them? Definitely. I think um, they were the type of guys that would bring a lot of energy. Um, and if the mood was really low, they'd come in, probably sing silly songs that they'd made up. Um, and just... Well, like, you, you say they'd sing silly songs. I heard a rumour that Harry used to run around naked. I don't remember seeing that, but, you know, I've blanked a lot of my time <laughs> out. There are screaming girls and boys up and down the country going, that's something I wouldn't blank out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, look, that is one reunion that you would love to have. Yeah. 
now we need to go on the flip side share. You ready? Oh for no! It's coming. It's coming. I want to know one reunion that you most certainly do not want to have. What well, out of everybody? Out of everyone, babes. Be honest with me. I'm looking. Well, like everyone ever. Oh no, I know. Be... I know. Go on then. Louis Walsh. Who? Louis. Yeah. He was horrible to me. What's he say? I'll have a row with him. He was horrible about me. He still says stuff about me. Was this from when you were on the show? Well, when I I think when I left the show, I think, you know, because when Louis's not doing X Factor, he isn't doing a lot, perhaps he needed something to talk about. Oh, oh my God, I'm starting Raz. I didn't mean to start any Raz on you. No, it's fine. He started on me. So... You would not want to have a reunion with Louis Walsh. No, because you don't like me. Do you think you could ever sort it out with him? Um, Do you want to? What for? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't need to say anymore. We don't need to say anymore, do we, really? And that was that. That was that. Me? Hold a grudge? Me? No. Never. How dare you even insinuate I'd hold a grudge. Who, me? Cher Lloyd, Louis Walsh, how dare you, don't you dare. (laughs) Well, look, Cher, this is the big reunion, and I think we should reunite you with someone who you shared an experience with back in 2010. Are you ready for this? I'm so ready. Here we go. It is choreographer extraordinaire Brian Friedman. Hi, guys. Look Hi. him. Brian, how are you? Oh, my gosh. I haven't seen you both in so long. I mean, it's been absolute years. Cher, I mean, you've probably not seen Brian for like 11 years. So long. My I, goodness. Yeah, I can't even remember. I think the last time I saw you was when you came to X Factor US. <gasps> I think, were you performing there? You came to the show. I'm not sure what it was, but you came and I saw you. Maybe that was like 2012. That was the day that I got my US record deal. Yep. That's what it was. That was a big day. Oh, and that was nine years ago. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that was the day I got my US record deal as well. I just haven't done it yet. That was the day that I got my US record deal. It's like, Oprah, you get a record deal. You get a record deal. You get a record deal. We all get record deal. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for joining us. I've been having such a lovely chat with Cher about her time on The X Factor and growing up and... And the experiences that she has has been through. Um, We've obviously shared a lot of same experiences. Brian, from my point of view, it's so lovely to see you. I miss working with you. I think you're so amazing at your job. But let's go back to 2010 because you were working on The X Factor and you're working with the lovely Cher. What was it like to get this 16-year-old rocket walk through the door, ready to show the world what she's got, because I know your brain, Brian, and I think oh, yeah. it's almost as crazy as she is. Yeah, my favorite thing was, you know, boot camp week when I would get to suss out who was there, what kind of talent I was going to have for that season to work with. I remember 2010 was definitely the best talent I feel like we had ever seen on the show. We were going in a different direction with the show that year. It was, we weren't thinking, okay, let's find uh, the next Leona. Like that that had already sailed. We 
we were more about finding really dynamic artists who would be memorable, who were very unique, who knew who they were. Um, so like basically we're describing Cher. <laughs> um, but that season, <laughs> I just remember boot camp seeing you for the first time, Cher with those eyebrows and <laughs> that tiny little body um, in that jacket, just so confident and so believing in yourself. And for me, that's all I need when I am working with someone is for them to believe in themselves. Cut to you turned into the most um, self-sabotaging person. And it was crazy just because the show, it can mess with you in a really bad way. And I just remember wanting to take you under my arm and protect you from the whole environment the whole time, because I could see that it was chipping away at what made you so special in the beginning. And it was making you doubt yourself and get in your head. So I know your experience on that show was uh, a roller coaster. Yeah, do you remember that? Roller coaster. Yeah. Do you know what? I I feel like Brian's basically summed it up that the whole point of going on the show was to show who I am and Mm. be something fresh and new. And when I sang the song that I wanted to sing on my first audition and did the performance I wanted to do, that was the reason that people fell in love with me. And then, you know, it's like um, too many cooks in the kitchen spoils the broth. And that's kind of what happened with me alongside dealing with some really negative press as well Yeah, and playing the character that I was given. Yeah, it sort of soured the experience for me um, and made me deal with a lot of self-doubt. And I think that I, I probably still do struggle with it now as a performer. Really? Yeah. Definitely. I used to be just so unapologetically me. Uh, I never used to even give it a second thought. That's the beauty of being young and naive. You don't second guess anything about yourself. You you just go. You act. There's um, none of that demon in your head. That That comes with age and that comes with trauma. And I think you you definitely experienced <laughs> a lot of traumatic events throughout that season, uh, yeah. as as did many <laughs> of yeah. your other fellow contestants that season. Yeah. Um, we we were all feeling the heat. I blamed a lot of it. We never even have had this conversation, but I blamed a lot of it on the fact that the show was going to the U.S. the next year. And really? Is that what so you many, think it was, Brian? Oh, 100%. There were so many eyes on the show. The ratings were at an all-time high. Um, their network from the States was coming over constantly to view us. And I know that the pressure of making that season perfect was really high for Simon. And mm. we all felt that pressure. 
it, it nothing could be missed. There was not a misstep. You know, I, I can't even imagine how many versions we did of every song every week. Mm-hmm. You know, the changes in songs and the changes within that song. Um, I remember you having to learn a whole new number yes. right before the show. Yeah. Like immediately before the show, a whole new set was given to you, mm-hmm. a brand new number. And these were those things that were internally happening behind the scenes, which for a skilled professional who's been in the game forever, that's still difficult. But for someone who is struggling with, like you said, the press, that season, it was on another level, what was going on in the press. You say that, and you, and you I mean, Brian, you've worked with literally everyone. I remember when I was on the show and you walked in and I was like, oh my God, I'm working with Brian Friedman. Like you were like Beyonce to me because you have worked <laughs> with absolutely anyone who's anyone. And like you say, for a seasoned performer, someone who's been doing it for 10, 20 years, you know, to change everything at the last minute, nine times out of 10, from my experiences of those type of people, they just wouldn't do it. They'd say, well, no, I'm doing it my way and that's that. But for someone like Cher, who's 16 years old and and the rest of the contestants as well, regardless of their age, this is quite a new world to them. They're constantly wanting to impress. How difficult did that make your job as the choreographer and the creative director when everything's got to change and you've got a 16-year-old girl sitting there who's already having such a drama of a time anyway and having to say, there's four hours until the show, we're changing everything. Yeah, I mean, it made it incredibly difficult. There's so many different things that you have to battle in in that moment, whether it is dealing with the screens, the lighting, the wardrobe department, air and makeup, figuring out what your dancers are going to look like, what the new choreography is, while you're also trying to manage an artist and making sure that they feel comfortable because in the end, it's their career that's on the line, not the dancers. The dancers are going to continue to work. Everyone else is going to be fine. The only person that this really matters to in the end is the artist that's stepping on the stage. So first and foremost, I mean, with someone like Cher, it was always making sure that she felt okay. <laughs> it's like the constant coach pep talk thing. I, I just remember so many times the arm over the shoulder and walk to the back of the stage <laughs> um, <laughs> because the cameras are just there and you want to have a conversation that is not on camera. You want to be able to hang. And I remember going behind the screen so many times and just hoping that we were out of the view so that we could have an actual conversation. And I could look at you and say, are you okay? Um, (laughs) So many times you were just silent with big eyes, um, stressed out. But um, yeah, I think that was definitely the, the hardest season I've ever had. And you're definitely the person that sticks out the most. I mean, there was a very small handful of you. You, Katie, Rebecca, these are the people that I remember the most from that season that were just so pulled apart from who they were the day they came in. Mm. Shan, you, you, you've, you've said that you've you felt like that. How does it feel knowing that someone like Brian, who was working on the show, who was part of the machine for want of a a better term as you as an outsider walking into it how does it feel hearing someone like brian say i could see this was happening and i wanted to make sure you were all right yeah i mean i'm not surprised that that you you know you felt like that i think a lot of people 
could see that that was happening. And I think this is where the line really blurs between wanting to help artists, but wanting to create a reality TV show. I'm just not sure whether it was the right format. You have to be transparent. You either want to launch the careers of artists that want to be artists, or you create a reality TV show. You just blur the line. It all gets too messy. But I think a lot of the time, because it's a reality TV show and there are characters to be played, it can make it really difficult for people to see you, for for the public to view you as just human, a real mm-hmm. person that is going through all these different emotions and that, you know, it's just, we could dive into this so much and we would probably need a whole team of, you know, therapists, therapists, <laughs> experts to delve into this because it's so much bigger than what we're speaking about now. But I'm just Absolutely. like, if, if I were to do it today, oh, I'd play it so differently. Oh, wouldn't we I all? Mean, <laughs> the knowledge you have, the maturity that you have, it's a, it's a completely different situation going into something as a fully formed adult human and not being a 16-year-old. That's why you see some of the older contestants that were in the over category, they got it. They understood because they had a little bit more of self-knowledge and they can navigate through it a bit better, but it's the teenagers that really take it. And not, not just the teenagers, the people who struggle with mental health, period, regardless of what mm-hmm. age they were. It was a recipe for disaster for many people. And being on, as you said, Rylan, being on this side of the machine, being part of the machine, it's something that I constantly struggled with because I come from the music industry prior to working in a reality TV show, I came from a world where it was, you know, artist development and working with that, that person on enhancing who they are and making them shine as bright as humanly possible. They don't have to deal with the things that happen on a reality TV show. So knowing that that had to be taken into account, it um, made me cringe (laughs) a lot of the time because I just wanted to do the fun part of it, which is the art. And I know your season is one of the first seasons where uh, artist development, A&R, labels, all of this stuff started coming into the show. It was an intersection, whereas in the past, you would have to win the show or be signed and taken on. And then you would be handed over to a team of A&R and the a real publicist and they would really start working on you, but they were getting ahead of the game your season just so they'd be ready with any of you that were to pop off, be it win the show or get tons of uh, press and be someone who they could potentially take and make bigger. Um, So I do know that even though it's a reality show in the early days, of a show like that and formats like that, it was not as severe as what you went through. You know, I started on the show in 07 and when I was working on the show back then, I mean, people don't even understand what the show was. They were probably not even born, but acts like same difference who I had, they had a wonderful 
time on the show. Their experience was, was fun because it didn't have all of those other parts of the mechanics that you went through. Um, so I think that just too much changed over time and it just got way too serious and it, it took the fun out of it because art is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. It really shouldn't be that deep. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. <laughs> I think you did too, Rylan. It was yeah. it was definitely a difficult version of the show when yeah. you were on it as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what me and Cher, we've always sort of shared that bond. We've spoken for years and we both were boxes. We both were characters. And I think the difference between me and Cher is, is that Cher was 16. And I don't think Cher fully understood the role she was playing at the time. I think she does now. Um, But I think the difference with me is, I think I learned very, very early on that, okay, this is my job. This is the role that I'm playing. And my job is to be on the front pages of the papers every week. So that's what I'm going to do. And if I walk out of here and earn a couple of grand and can buy a new car, great. That And so I think I dealt with that because I get asked that question a lot, especially when it comes back to the X Factor. You know, people talking about aftercare and what's happened over reality shows over the past 10 years up until the present day. And everyone always asks me, like, do you feel that you were supported? And the difference for me is, is that I always sit there and say, it never stopped for me because I knew what the job was and I played the role and I knew that if I'm going on to another job in that next job, I can show I'm not this drag queen feather boa wearing shoulder pad breaking through glass windows, but that is what got me through all of those weeks because I knew that that was what I needed to be. Whereas if I was on the show when I was 16, I couldn't think now being 32 of anything worse than being in that experience at your age share. I really, really couldn't. But actually a bit like what Brian was just saying about with you, Brian, you were really like that with me because you used to say, you know, right, this is what they want. So we're going to dress people up as Karl Lagerfeld and we're going to do a catwalk. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it it is because there are so many people. It's always difficult. And I think you'll both agree when shows are tarred as a whole. But actually, there are people that work within machines. There are people there like the vocal coaches, like Brian, like, you know, the backstage crew, like the stage boys. And that are great and that do prop you up when you feel low. But it's just that tar of everything. When you're under that umbrella, everything, like you said, Cher, things become a blur, don't they? Yeah, no, they they definitely do. I think there's a lot of my time on the show that I don't remember. Um, I was going to say, you were really young. And yeah, it probably is a bit of a blur. You know, you have feelings of it, but you're not going to remember every detail. No, and I think that was a part of me moving on as well. I, 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 maybe I subconsciously chose not to remember certain things so that I could I'll move forward. Um, and mm. I think that's probably what happened with mm. me. Just block, block some of those bad bits out. Absolutely. Um, Brian... Honestly, it is such a pleasure to see you and to speak to you. I can see that you're well, you're looking well, and fingers crossed at some point, 
over the next 10 years, we might actually get to bump into each other, the three of us. Um, but thank you for being so honest and so open. Of course. So yeah, good to it's, see it's, you. It's amazing to see you as well. It's, it's nice to be able to talk about that time now that it's so packed away. Uh, you know, the show is not, not coming back. Is that correct? Is that what I'm hearing over the pond? Yeah. Well, I um, mean, we hear that, but then give it a year. I know. Well, Very I mean, nice. it's just nice to be able to unpack all of this and, and so much time has passed so we can talk about the after effects of something like yeah. that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You're not alone. We all feel crazy from that experience. <laughs> Brian, you take care. You stay well. And um, you keep slaying like you do. Thank you. Good to see Good you. Good to see you, Brian. You're listening to The Rye Union, brought to you by my friends at Sky Bingo, with a lot of chat, laughs, and some exciting times with some of your faves. That's one for you, Sky Bingo. Oh, Cher, how was that? Chatting to Brian. Just a little bit like surreal. I just feel like so much has happened. Yeah. Um, it's just so good to see him again and just have a chat. I mean, that man is just an icon. He genius. Is an absolute yeah. genius. He really, really is. How lucky we got to work with him as well. I know. I mean, those hands have touched everyone. I and know. I mean that in the nicest way. I mean, like Beyonce and people. You know what? I mean? Do you know what? That would be a headline, but we'll get over it. I'm Frank Benny's a nice man. Uh, moving on from Brian, I've got another little surprise for you. Shall we uh, head over to Ireland, Cher? What for? It's Mama Mary Fern. <laughs> it is the legend, the icon known as Mary Fern. Hi, everybody. Lovely to see you. You look amazing. Your hair is divine. I love it. Thank you very much. Yeah, I see like a new woman. Yeah. You, you look like a new woman. I mean, if I was a more ruder person, I'd say, what work do I've done? You're looking well, girl. I haven't had any work. I am getting a facelift, though. Good girl. We're all, we'll all end up there at some point. Uh, Mary, it is so lovely to see you. We've been having a good old chat with Cher about her time on the show and her road to fame and how she dealt with it. Mary, remind us, when you were back on the show in 2010, how old were you back then? I was just gone 50. Yeah, November, that November in 2010, I was 51. So I was 50 when I went on it and 51 when I came off it. So you were 50 when you were on the show. We've been yeah. talking about sort of the experience of being on the show, the sort of trimmings that come with it, as in the press and things like that. How did you deal with all of that as a 50-year-old woman? Well, I have to say, I think it was my age helped me because I had had a life prior to the X Factor. I mean, the kids were all in their 16th and 17s, and they had it much harder than the likes of me. And also they had the internet and they had all the, I, I had a little Nokia phone. So I had no way of taking a photograph. <laughs> so I didn't see all that. What I had was, I was protected by the kids in the house. They they kind of treated yeah. me like mommy. And so I, I was very lucky. I mean, I knew I was never going to be a pop star because I was 50. But the, oh, no, I'm not that having thing, that. I'm not having that. Excuse me. <laughs> I'm not having that. You're Mary Byrne. Oh, listen. I would have never made a pop star. Now, I mean, look at Cher. I mean, when she walked on that stage, I remember watching her at home before we even went into the lives. And the first thing I said was, there is the girl that's going to knock me out. And I was so right. 
because she was fantastic. She was talented born, that girl has. Oh, you were you. right, because and, that yeah. night, obviously in the sing-off, was the pair of you that evening, and the judges did choose to, yeah, to and I remember Cher, saying, which actually sent you home. Uh, yeah, and I remember saying to Cher, she was crying, and if she remembers, if she looks back, she'll see me going, I told you, because in the car going up, I said, Cher, she was very upset and very nervous, because she's a kid. I was an old one. You know, I was, I was, I knew I was going and I had no qualms about it. I was happy about it. Look what I had got. I got my album. I, I sang for the Queen. I done all the things that a woman of my age from a working class background would never have had that chance. So, mm. yes, I was the life chair went through because she deserved to go through. It was her time. And, you know, I remember her crying in the car and I said, chair, you're going to go through. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. And I said, you are. So you see me, I look as if I'm cranky, but I'm not. I'm going to put my arm around her and I just say to her, I told you. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> I do. Oh, yeah. I was, I felt horrible gut sinking feeling that night. I because you put mammy out. Yeah, I felt. You knocked mammy out. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't be, you know, hey, because yeah. you. But you make friendships. This is the problem. Yeah. You're against your friends. And when you're in there, mm. the whole world is shut out. It's just you yeah. together. You're all you've got. And so, you know something? I think 2010, the group of people that were on 2010, and I, don't, I know you were on it as well, and you have your one, Air Island, but for us, there was a huge bond between us. I mean, yeah. I don't know why there was, but there was. I totally get that. And and yeah. like you said, Cher, you know, you, you, I mean, I'm a bottom two veteran when it comes down to X Factor. I think I knocked three people out across the series. <laughs> yeah. you all. But it is, it's awful because you, you do have this bond. It's like you're all in this bubble. And especially, it doesn't matter about age. It doesn't matter about sex. It doesn't matter about anything like that. You're all going through the exact same experience. And you do forget, you forget someone's going home tonight. And as, yeah. as daunting as that is, you then even forget, but what if I'm the one that sends them home? So when mm -hmm. you're in that position and you're saying goodbye to someone who you are close with and you adore and you don't want to leave, but you have to because that's the format of the show, it's difficult, Cher, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because the other thing is you live together. So mm. it's like that person's got to pack their bag up and go. Yeah. And it's your fault. Like it feels like you're, it's, it's your fault that they now have to leave. It's a horrible feeling. But there was so much going on that year. Yeah. Mm. Just, yeah. just, it was heavy. It all felt so heavy. Yeah. And it was like everybody was fighting for their lives. And when I look back and like I said before, I was like, if I did it now, oh, it would just be so different. Of course, it would, yeah. I wouldn't feel that weight so much because no. was it really that deep? Should it have been that much of a be all and end all? I, I don't care what anybody says. I uh, I felt the bond. I mean, to be honest with you, Ryan, the kids used to come down every morning and I'd get a peck on the cheek yeah. and good morning. You know, and Harry Styles used to peck and moon me in the morning, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I was mum, so I think the bond was there. I well, I loved all the kids. I have no, I mean, every one of those kids that were on that. Like I hate calling them kids, but they were kids to me. They were. No, we get it. We get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, so much respect for me. 
There wasn't one person on that show that treated me in a bad way at all. So I have nothing but good to say about the, the group of people I was with. I thought they were just mm. brilliant. And as for Cher, I mean, you you don't know that Cher used to sing um, sing to me. She used to do Dolly Parton for me. And what a voice that girl has. Absolutely fantastic. And I used to get her to just do because she can sing like Dolly Parton. And apparently she used to do Dolly Parton, didn't you, or something like that yeah. for your dad yeah, and stuff. And then she'd sit down and she'd write songs off the top of her head. I mean, that's talent as far as I'm concerned. That is mm. all around talent. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. Oh, I love I love this reunion already because I can just hear and see the love and that bond. And even though it's been 11 years, it doesn't matter because when you've been through that experience with someone, it doesn't matter if it's a week or a decade, that bond will always be there. I was only talking to Katie there a while ago. She, um, what's up? And I was talking to her and, you know, she said the same thing. I mean, she told me she loved me. I told her I loved her. Oh, look, you know, I had the greatest time. Yes, we were tired. We were worn out. We were pushed this way and pushed that way. But it was a fantastic experience. And to be with the group I was with, and I'm just talking for me, I could not have asked for a better group to be with. And that's the truth to God. Yeah. So it, was, it was the best group of people. We all got on yeah. so well. And it's just crazy to think it was that long ago. And so much has mm. happened in between. 11 years. 11 years. I was a baby, I know. and now I have a I baby. I've got a three-year-old now. Like I know. Congratulations! I've been watching you. Thank you. It just it's amazing, though, isn't it? Where did she's outside your ass on the front lawn, actually, Cher. I'd have a little look out the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Ever got to bring back a big reunion? I'd love. Now I was oh, asked to do the this. They were going to do. Do you remember they were, they were mm. talking about doing, you know, and I was asked to do and I was all excited and then everything fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was asked. I know, but you know what? Let's see what happens. Let's see Fingers what happens. Crossed. Because what's to say we can't do it ourselves? Nothing to say Ooh, we can't do it I ourselves. Like it. Yeah, wait for series two and I'll sort it out. Don't you worry. <laughs> X Factor All Stars. Uh, Mary, I've got to say, you look beautiful. I know that you're having a lovely life and I know that you're working and that you're fantastic. Thank you so, so much for sharing your experience on the show. And thank you so much for dropping in on the reunion. It's so lovely to see you. It's been my pleasure and I love you to pieces and I wish you all the best in your career. You keep doing what you're doing because you make us smile. And as for you, Thanks. beautiful girl, be happy, be talented, and make life good for you and your baby. I love you. Thank you so much. We Mary. love you, Mary. I love you too. God bless you. Bye-bye. So, Cher, how was that seeing Mary? I just love her. Gen such a genuinely, thing. she hasn't changed. Not her energy bit. is still exactly the same. The loveliest person. Just She is so decent. Lovely. And that's why she did so well. I, I mean, clearly mm. talented voice. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Could she belt out a tune? But mm. just so lovely. So nice to be around. Well, Cher, we are coming to the end of your reunion. And I've got to say, I have physically loved chatting to you. I feel like I've known you for all my life. It's I crazy. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm shocked at the amount of similarities, actually, mm -hmm. of experiences that we've both had. Very different 
ends of the coin, but yeah. still that same experience. I've got to ask you, if we did this again, is there anyone else that you would like to reunite with? Oh, is there anyone else I'd like to reunite with? Oh, my goodness. Do you know what? My season was the best season. I think... You're talking to a 2012 area. I know, but I just feel <laughs> like it was just... It was brilliant. That Just everyone was just, in their own right, so brilliant. Mm. It was such a good year. I just think it would be a pleasure to reunite with, with any of them, just to see what happened what what do yeah. they go on to do i think we all think about what artists go on to do and be and yeah. did they carry on performing or, or did they go back to what they knew before mm. i'm so glad that you're doing this because <laughs> i've wanted someone to do this to care as well to truly care about where people are in their lives mm. after doing such a life changing show i do care it's so exciting for me to listen because i want to know as well <laughs> i do do you know why it's just because we're nosy babe i am the nosiest <laughs> not as nosy as mary byrne looking through your front window i know <laughs> oh, the cheek of her uh Cher, i've got one final question for you and yeah. it's an important one before i let you go Ooh. if me and you were to reunite in yep. 10 years time where would Cher Lloyd be? Completely happy. Completely and utterly happy. Because it's been difficult. And I think as much as I do a very good job of making everyone believe that my life is fantastic and I'm so happy and everything is just perfect for me, it's really not that perfect. Mm. And... Yeah, if I could change anything, it would be to find complete and utter happiness. And I know from experience, it's not from things. Mm. It's not from things. So, yeah, that's... Feelings. Yeah. And that's what I feel like in the end, we all want. Well, I'm going to hold you to that because in yeah. a decade's time, I'm going to ask you the same question. And do you know what, Cher? I'm no Mystic Meg. But I think you'll get it. I really, really do. Cher Lloyd, thank you so much for joining me. Thank it's you. It's been a pleasure to discuss your reunion with you. And I really wish you all the best, Cher. And you I mean too. that from the bottom of my heart. You're a good girl. And, thank um, you. You deserve the world. Thank you and so, so much. And so do you. And I'm, I'm sure that we'll continue this. Oh, babe, listen. Once the podcast's over, you know you'll be around for a drink. A million percent. That was such an amazing, important and insightful chat with Cher. A massive thank you to Brian Friedman as well, Mary Byrne, and of course the wonderful Cher Lloyd. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like and subscribe. It's the only way you're going to get notified when a new episode comes out. Ah, oh, that was fun. I hope you enjoyed the latest episode. You can carry on all of the fun at Sky Bingo. But please remember, 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Speak soon.